episode 317 of Global From Asia. Going into Europe, I'm going to call it Eurozone for dummies or Eurozone 101 for cross-border business people. How about that? Let's tune in today. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you everybody for choosing to download and listen to our little show here, Global From Asia, episode 317, getting up here in the numbers. And I just had a nice long call with mom and dad in Florida. And mom's getting a little emotional. They're all, you know, businesses are closed. You know, life is not normal. It's been such a year for all of us. Schools are reopening here a little bit in China, but I'm still homeschooling the kids. I know some of the listeners have been inspired or also doing the same. And uh, I'm going to keep try to keep up the homeschooling, honestly. I don't mind, you know. I just block off... Uh, the wife does a couple hours, her father does a couple hours, I do a couple hours. I just work it out in my afternoons, you know. Content creation, hardcore work in the mornings, grab some lunch, and then school, and then back to the grind. Actually, it's evening, I do these recordings, I have them very scheduled. I, I highly recommend having some kind of schedule routine, but I do these recordings usually in the evenings, and... This, this week's show, we have a good one. Um, it's something I, you know, obviously as a podcast host, is you know, my show. I can kind of choose topics and, and guests. And, you know, Europe has been something, you know, I make fun of myself as some uh, ignorant American. But, you know, Europe has always still been somewhat unclear to me. I did get to do backpacking in Europe for about a month and after college in 2003. And I mostly was in South Europe Italy and France, you know, Nice. I tried to make it to Spain, no Spain. Uh, actually, it was just those two places, but it was it was a whole month, you know, meeting random backpackers. And, man, that's all got to be gone right now, or at least on hold with the whole virus. That was in summer 2003. But, you know, I didn't really still understand Europe too much. In today's show, we have we have an expert, a European, a Augustus. He's a event organizer, a community builder like me, and... Uh, we get to talk a lot about this, and he does events, and he's you know in the Amazon space and e-commerce uh, gives us some insights also on that. And it was a, it was a very fun discussion. And maybe if you're European, you can skip this, or you can just laugh at people like me. But I think other listeners maybe that don't do too much business in Europe or, or want to get some better insights will get something out of this. I um, I think it's a fun one, and you know I think for people in Asia and the U.S. They might want to get some more insights. Can get that from today's show. So let's let's tune in. Do you enjoy these podcasts? We have so many amazing guests. I'm really I'm really uh, blessed to have amazing experts sharing with us. We also have our GFA VIP membership, GFAVIP.com. We got our own dedicated domain, private forum, courses. You know our members do enjoy a, a whole library of course video courses other other benefits monthly calls uh, also special calls discounts to everything we do in events once they do get started up again i and of course you get my appreciation and you support this podcast so gfavip.com if you are a super fan thank you everybody for choosing to listen to another global from asia show 
uh, we're have Augustus on the show. It's been great, man. We've we've been we shared a podcast episode on Danny's show, and I know you do quite amazing events. I think you did one of the last Amazon in-person events of 2020, <laughs> or who knows how long. But uh, it's it's great to have you on the show with us. Uh, and uh, do you mind to just give us a little bit of background about you and what you do? Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yes, I believe that uh, the European Seller Conference, which uh, we organized in Prague in Europe in mid of March, was probably the last in-person event for Amazon in, in the Amazon industry. And our event was uh, affected by all the regulations which were implemented during the lockdown. But uh, to give a background who I am, I'm uh, originally from Lithuania, from Eastern Europe. And um, actually, uh, I'm, I have also international family like you. My wife is German. We are now staying in Spain. And uh, I traveled a lot in my life. I used to be a website developer for a long time, uh, basically digital nomad already 15 years ago when this uh, kind of uh, <laughs> description didn't exist. And then... Uh, and then uh, about four years ago, I jumped into Amazon industry because I was interested in creating FBA business for myself, but I didn't really have money. But I saw a lot of people were talking about selling in Europe. Um, and I decided to create a virtual summit, which I believe was probably the first in the industry virtual summit for Amazon sellers. And four years ago, I kind of came into the scene by creating... Uh, online event with 26 speakers and we were talking about selling on Amazon in European marketplaces. And since then uh, I created six virtual summits uh, and then also now I have uh, created also five in-person events which were happening mostly in Europe and in Israel. So my passion is organizing in-person events at the moment but due to the current situation in the world I had to okay. kind of pause that but i was focusing on creating content on uh, orange clicks uh, youtube channel where we yeah. i'm not i'm not a seller myself i'm just uh, kind of a journalist i'm interviewing experts like yourself and uh, just i like to connect with people in the industry and also to bring the knowledge of the experts to the amazon sellers so this is my mission cool. here cool cool it's a good, it's a big important mission so thanks for your help in the community and uh, and everything you do so yeah i mean there's there's so a lot to talk about and i i uh, i definitely want to link to your we just did an interview on your channel on orange click uh, about china and uh, china sourcing but i think it's interesting for us to turn the tables you know with europe we've we've also had some talks about europe in the past many years ago um but i i think it's getting more and more important to understand this uh this European market. And, you know, I always joke for those that know me on the show as a stupid American or ignorant American, you know, like we can't point to a country on the map, you know, and we lump, you know, we lump Europe all together into like one kind of like area. But obviously, you know, I think Europe to me seems like one of the most complex markets in my mind, because there's so many, so many cultures. I think we talked about this, um, and a private call about you know, you know languages and payments and uh, you know, 
I don't know. I feel like I know China people think China's hard, but you know, it's all like one big kind of like currency and country. So can you give us just some little bit of like yeah I think you know, business in Europe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I understand where you're going. Actually, when I started to organize events, I traveled a lot in my life, uh, more than 60 countries. And uh, for me, thinking is without borders. So when I started to do in-person events, my idea was to bring European people into, let's say, uh, this European seller conference in Prague, which I want to make it the most important for sellers in Europe. But I realized that it's very difficult to convince people, even, let's say, Prague is in Czech Republic and neighboring countries, Germany. But there are a lot of uh, kind of obstacles to bring German person to an event in Prague. So one thing is there is a border. Uh, uh, Physically, there is nothing. You just drive on the highway and there is uh, no kind of control, nothing. But mentally, there is still a border. It's a different country, different even currency and a different language. So I have to convince, a, let's say, a German person to travel maybe a few hundred kilometers to a, to an event. And plus, we speak uh, very often different languages. Uh, of course, there are some countries which share similar languages, but uh, still not all Germans speak English and my events are in English. So it's quite yeah. complex. When I'm thinking, uh, let's say, events in US, you can do event in the West Coast, but then for someone from East Coast, it will be not a big issue to fly those couple of hours to the, to the event. But in Europe, even flying one hour or driving a few hours across the border can be kind of mental because the, there are a lot of things happening inside each small this country in Europe. There are, I don't even know how many countries, 30 or 40. And uh, uh, if there is an e-commerce scene or Amazon sellers, there is probably a community in that country they uh, talk in their own language and discuss issues maybe there are events but these events again in their own country uh, own language and uh, now when i i organize events i try to dig out these uh, european uh, talents and it's quite difficult because first you have to get to a to some contact person who knows the space locally so what i what i want to say when it's let's say in us it's one territory one country one language so it feels kind of everything is connected but in uh, europe uh, every country is still like living its own life and Mm. very often across the border there will be completely different uh yeah cultural things which people do and eat differently Uh, different uh, dishes so uh, and talking about e-commerce and amazon selling here we have like vat which is a big (laughs) taxes value value tax which is also quite complex and very dangerous if you don't comply with the i mean you will get fines if you don't comply properly with the rules agreed yeah i know vat is there's always a top of my list with selling in Europe is the complexity. But uh, before we get into that, I get the chance to say, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about with the Schengen. Schengen, Schengen zone. Schengen. Uh, all right. Yeah, I can. Maybe, you know, there's these Americans or your Asian, Asia business people that don't really know Europe. Like, uh, what is it? Exactly. I think you okay. can travel between each other without a visa, right? Like, I think um, that's true. 
so of course i'm not like uh, <laughs> not i'm not i haven't studied all this but uh, as far as i understand so schengen zone some countries signed this schengen agreement and schengen agreement i think means that uh, like there are no borders basically you drive between uh, m- Germany and uh, France, and there is no border. But for example, UK is not inside Schengen. So when you enter UK, there will be a passport control. So for me, as a European, if countries in Schengen, I understand that there will be no control kind of one way and I enter. But UK is outside Schengen. Uh, there is another people maybe men- uh, mix Euro- Eurozone. So zone or like countries which have Euro as a currency. And uh, there is no like uh, formula which country has currency or not. You have to look on the maybe list on Wikipedia or somewhere because sometimes you are in Germany and then you drive into Poland, which is neighbor country. There is still Polish zloty, their original currency. And then you drive to Lithuania, my home country. We have euro. And then uh, so euro is, yeah. So maybe when you hear eurozone or eurozone, it's, the countries which um, kind of took euro as a currency, but it doesn't have anything to deal with borders. And then you, there is European Union, which is uh-huh. not equal to Schengen zone. European, oh, so like, yeah, UK was in European Union. Maybe now I think they are not anymore because of this Brexit. But Brexit. UK was in European Union, but was not in Schengen zone. And uh, there are some other countries which are not like they are not in both. And European Union, I think, has now 28 or 29 countries. And the main maybe advantage is that kind of European Union passport holder, one of the 28 or 29 countries passport holder, he can travel like there is a free movement of goods. And so if businesses are doing, uh, if there is business transaction between, let's say, German and French business, they will not deal with this VAT because business transactions, if they are both registered for uh, paying VAT in their own countries, they will have zero VAT between like this international transaction, something like that. So okay. it, it's quite complex, but uh, I yeah, see that people yeah, very often mix Schengen zone with European zone, European right. Union. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know to ask that question. So now I now I understand more. Thank you. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, I do think, I think listeners will enjoy this. You know, we, we, we put this also on WeChat uh, social media for people in China behind the firewall. So they probably don't get this kind of insights either, which you know, which, uh, you know, gives me a question. I'm kind of slipping into my notes. Uh, I hope it's okay to add, but, you know, uh, consumers in Europe, you know, made in China, made in, you know, what's the general sentiment? I guess they know so much is probably made in China anyway. They don't mind, you know, they. Yeah, so. I think, yeah, I understand. So I think here we cannot use the word Europe because Europe has like this bunch of countries, 30, 40. And uh, for example, Eastern European countries, they used to be in Soviet Union and I I grew up in Soviet Union and uh, we were always kind of growing in a low, like 
not having money state and we were looking for cheap things even now i would say in my country it's very popular these discounts in the shops and uh, people are looking for the cheapest not necessarily the good quality products so mm. even my friends are still buying some instead of buying i don't know scooter for let's say 300 dollars or 200 i know 60 euros in europe from the retailer they would buy from china 100 dollars cheaper with ev all the shipping they will uh, uh, not have let's say warranty in europe for that but yeah. they would want to save this 100 dollars so they would they are looking for to buy maybe the same quality and cheaper but but for example germans i lived also in germany i noticed that uh, they are for them brand is very important a few years ago when uh, our child was a uh, baby i bought some bamboo made uh, uh, non-disposable diapers for our child which we were rewashing and we really liked them we bought it somewhere online uh, from china and i thought oh, i will buy like 50 or 100 of them and sell on ebay in germany and nobody bought i just was getting was bombarded by questions from potential clients asking which brand it is is it i said like there is no brand it's like it's this and this you know from china brand and they didn't buy because they were looking for a brand thing mm -hmm. for their baby so and whenever i have some for example i had some i bought something from canon which I didn't need, but I bought it in Spain and I knew I'm traveling to Germany. So I decided I will wait at, until I travel in Germany and I will sell that thing from Canon in German eBay because I knew that <laughs> Germans really value a Canon things. I, I was not sure about Spanish people. So yeah, there is no, you cannot generalize in Europe because Europe has, let's say, Eastern European countries, they are a little bit uh, poorer, let's say, like they it's cheaper the service is there so they are used to 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 pay less money for things and uh, uh yeah so when we're talking about amazon selling on amazon there are five countries where amazon is operating france italy uk germany and uh, spain so they are all western kind of european countries kind of developed countries more or less and um Still, I heard that Germans, for example, give reviews only when uh, they are unhappy, but they don't yeah. would not give reviews when they are happy. Yeah. Um, I think France or Italy is known that uh, they like to refund a lot, like to return, but yeah. I don't know the specifics. But yeah, every country is so different and it's impossible to generalize <laughs> most of yeah, them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good though. These are helpful insights. So... Yeah, like you said, you know, European Seller Conference and, and, and many other events you've done over the years for Amazon sellers and in general, um, you know, I think payments, payments and languages, you know, I guess that's what one of the things with, uh, with uh, you know, maybe selling on Amazon people are, are, don't have to deal with too much, but maybe you can share some of the insights about how you do solve that or how it is how it's handled or, or recommendations you mean uh, when you do business transactions how you transfer yeah, like you know country? multiple languages currencies in in in, in europe uh yeah so uh, there is this iban i don't know what's that exactly but there, whenever i want to transfer money to another european i think european union country um, there is IBAN usually, IBAN bank account number. 
And this IBAN is like, I think, 16 uh, different numbers or something. So most of the time, I get just the name of the account holder and this uh, unique IBAN number, and then I can transfer the money. But then, yeah, what do we do when we transfer different currencies? Mm. So uh, obviously, if you use traditional banks, it will be quite expensive. Uh, Not super expensive like in US, I think, but uh, they will ask additional fee for maybe transferring a different currency. But uh, what I use for my business here is that like service like TransferWise is very good. And there are a few others, I think, which have multi-currency accounts and uh, converting different currencies between the currencies is quite, um, yeah, quite, they charge very low fees. Okay. So, um, and a lot of countries in European Union do have euros. So when you're transferring money from Spain to Lithuania, both countries have the same currency. And in some cases, uh, this money arrives like within the same day. And it's because it's the same currency. It's like even most of the traditional banks, euro transfers, they make for free. So even if it's in another country. Okay. But, uh, yeah, if we talk about kind of bank transactions, if collecting payments, if you have here business of, I don't know, you want to sell tickets to your event or sell uh, products, every country has its own uh, kind of ways how they pay online. For example, in my home country, the mm, cards from the banks are not so popular to, for paying online. Most of the people use so-called bank link. So... There are systems where, where you go to the e-shop and you just, when you want to pay, you just connect to your bank and it it links to the bank and takes money from your bank. But uh, for example, in Germany, PayPal is very often used uh, as a payment and uh, cards. In Spain, okay. I pay with cards most of the time. So, but yeah, sometimes it's quite complicated <laughs> because mm. different countries have different cultures of, let's say, paying for the services. Yeah, I know. This is, uh, this is, uh, I mean, the, I mean, it kind of goes next question, you know, how do you see other sellers from, you know, maybe US, Asia or other, how do you, how do you most likely see people do business in Europe? I mean, do they have to totally be local setting up companies or all, all these places or is there, I know you're not at maybe, you know, yeah. maybe that's not your specialty. Uh, yeah. What are you noticing? I don't, maybe not the best, maybe not tips, but just some insights that we could share, uh, Okay. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, disclaimer: I'm not an advisor on yeah, this thing. But there, but... In general, uh, of course, there are like differences. What kind of products you want to sell? If it's a digital product or physical product, or digital can be also a service. And uh, here, very important role is uh, played by VAT, like this VAT tax. VAT is value-added tax. Each country has yeah. its own uh, rate. Uh, for example, in Germany, it's 19%. Actually, now in 2020, between July and December, due to COVID, Germany lowered from 19 till 16% oh. this tax for half a year. Um, okay. So there are different rules how you pay this tax if you're having digital product and a product which is physical. So if, if it's physical for Amazon sellers, it's uh, important to know that whenever you store your products physically in 
some country you have to register to be a VAT payer uh, in that country and then you have to talk to yeah to your accountant in that country how it's mm -hmm. all dealt but mm -hmm. it is possible to run business as let's say american or asian company and then you can register as a VAT payer you can get VAT ID in in the country you are operating so if you want to sell store your physical products in five countries like let's say with the Amazon. Amazon actually has warehouses in seven countries. So if you mm -hmm. want to use uh, Amazon's Pan-EU program, which where Amazon automatically distributes your products to their warehouses in seven countries, then you automatically, not automatically, but before signing up for that program on Amazon, you have to organize yourself VAT IDs of seven different countries and usually use some kind of there are some services like Simply VAT and some other yeah. companies yeah. which provide uh, they can organize for you this VAT ID of course it will cost money and it will take time to because you have to translate documents for each country in different mm -hmm. language and with with some you know legal stamps and everything so VAT is very important. Uh, I noticed that European countries very are very sensitive when they sense that uh, foreign business is trying to get away, not collecting VAT and bringing... Basically, when you sell a product, you collect VAT from your customer. And this VAT, this tax, you have to pay back to the country where this product is sold. Um, not... It's not always where the product is sold. There are some different other rules. And also it depends if it is um, yeah, digital product or physical product and everything. But okay. yeah, you can operate in Europe as a non-European country, uh, as not non-European registered company. But make sure that you talk to European-based accountant um, to ask about these VAT rules and what do you need to do. Also, I said now European-based accountant, but German accountant doesn't necessarily know, probably they will not know anything about UK uh, rules. So in, in, in whatever countries you will want to operate, you will have to talk to accountants in each country. Yeah. Okay, I understand, I understand. Well, this has been great. This is, I appreciate it. I mean, it's just, the point was just to give us some insights as Asia or non-European non doing business there. Um, can you share a little bit about you know what you do? And, uh, and how people can find you and, and your events? Mm. Yeah, at the moment, I focus a lot on creating content on YouTube channel, which is called Orange Click. Click is spelled uh, with K's, K-L-I-K. Uh, it is, uh, uh, there we have a lot of interviews with different uh, experts and software. We have demos of different Amazon softwares. But Great. whenever we can create events, we have kind of three types of events. One is European Seller Conference, which is happening in Prague in every March. And we invite not only Europeans to come, we have people coming from Europe and Asia as well. Uh, this okay. is kind of annual event. Uh, we want to make it the biggest in Europe. And then next one is PPC Congress. It's very specific and designed specially for PPC enthusiasts, Amazon PPC enthusiasts. And uh, we had already one event one year ago almost in Amsterdam. And uh, people which 
the, we had Amazon sellers, PPC agencies, and also software, PPC software providers in that event. And we are looking forward to create a second one and to make it annual. Yeah. And uh, another events we do is called, they're called Seller Fest. So Seller Fest is more uh, event in a specific country. Let's say we did one in Lithuania, we did one in Israel. So bringing Amazon, international Amazon experts to communi local communities of different uh, European countries. Later oh. probably we'll do event not only in Europe, but Seller Fest is more like local event event for local community oh. to especially uh, like in the countries where they don't have amazon events so oh. that's the idea uh, yeah well thank you so much for sharing it's been it's been insightful and uh i learned a few things about europe now for my yeah, yeah. expansion thanks thanks so much thank you mike and see you later take care cross-border summit 2020 was going to be the fifth annual. Can you believe that? But it might be a 2021. I know people have been asking, you know, it's hard to make any decisions about when the next event will be, but we're also not going to do it online. Cross Border Summit is going to be an offline event, in-person event, 200, 300 people max is the vision of high quality executives business owners in the cross-border e-commerce cross-border trade it's always the highlight of these events it's the amazing connections you make the deals the relationships of course the learning the in-person we're going to be an in-person event and the next one is still to be determined but don't forget the brand don't forget the name cross-border summit and we got the dot com so i did want to do it in thailand this year but most likely it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I think you understand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Augustus. I really appreciate you sharing with us. It does mean a lot. I was also on his show. We'll link it up on the show notes talking about packaging for e-commerce sellers in small quantities. It was a fun one. He does really high quality YouTube videos. It's, uh, it's really amazing. And I uh, appreciate his is uh, coming on to our little podcast here. So that's all I have for today. I don't know. Did you enjoy that? We, um, you know, we do bounce around a lot. A lot of my f listeners and friends say, Mike, you just talk about anything, huh? But uh, I do think about it from the cross-border trade, cross-border world. You know, Europe is an important place, you know, and uh, there's such a, such a complex, you know, we had Southeast Asia last week. And, you know, just like Andy Lee on last week's show was talking about it was, you know, you got all these different countries and languages and, and uh, you know, cultures and currencies. So, you know, I think Europe is similar. Of course, there's a euro, um, which has made it a lot easier. And I just wonder what, you know, what's the future, you know. And me is this kind of American, you know, I remember in the U.S. I was kind of quote-unquote spoiled. Everything's in one currency, one language, you know, a big country. You know, I think Chinese are similar to that too, you know, this huge country, you know, all one currency, one language mostly. So, you know, these, these kind of big, bigger countries, I think have an advantage, you know. I, I don't want to offend my European friends or my Southeast Asia friends 
but you know it just makes logistics so much harder right like i mean but it also creates an advantage right so i know a lot of my friends that sell in europe say they have the advantage because other sellers in the u.s or other parts of the world just don't want to bother with all that complications and the vat and the different languages so yeah i mean with every obstacle is an opportunity um i really you know i really think you got to think of the positive of everything and you know i'm a little bit shaken up still you know parents are you know my mom's not feeling well i guess not think you know this this whole world is really changing a lot this year and uh, i think it's not going to go back to the way it was you know brian chesky at airbnb says people are not gonna be traveling as much travel will be changed forever and i do agree with that you know I'm here in China. I feel like somewhat stuck, but we are all uh, doing as best we can. So please stay positive, you know, and think of opportunity with obstacles. Whether it's going into the European market, the Southeast Asia market, the China market, the U.S. market, you know, challenges is opportunities. I'm gonna leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening. Global from Asia. I'm Michael Michelini or Mike Michelini. My wife says I gotta pick one or the other, but. Usually I go by Mike. That's all for this week's show. See you next week. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.